Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm your host, Anka Corbin with Globig. Our hot international business and HR topic today is how to know and what to do when you've outgrown your global PEO. And our guest expert today is Raghu Bhargava. Raghu is the award-winning co-founder and CEO of the four companies that comprise the Global Upside Group. It's the world's leading provider of HR, payroll, PEO, accounting, finance, compliance, and talent acquisition services. So really everything you need, isn't it? Welcome, Raghu, and it's always great to have you on the Globig podcast, and thank you for sharing your expertise today. Thanks, Anke, and it's a pleasure to be uh, on the podcast and share some of the thoughts I have on various topics. So we've talked a lot about how great of an option having a PEO or what's known as a professional employer's organization for entering new markets fast and easy. So we've we've talked about that. That's a really, really important topic. But one topic that is coming up, and it's something that we haven't really touched on, is you know, what happens or how do you know and what are some of those steps that a company might need to take when a PEO might no longer be the right choice? And, you know, do companies outgrow them? And and really, what are those symptoms or characteristics, if you will, of knowing that you might be ready for more of a permanent position in that country? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good question because you know I always think about business as uh, two aspects to going overseas abroad. Um, one is uh, you want to test the market and you want to try it out and see if uh, whether it's uh, a very mainstream country like UK or some um, you know unique uh, geography. You want to test it out and stuff. So the PO becomes a great solution. In the rest of the world, it's also known as employer of records. I just want to make sure people are aware of that. Right. But, um, but then the other side of it is you know that UK is a good market for you or pick any other country for that matter, uh, even if it's a non-mainstream country. And you know that you're going to have to start with the first person, maybe hire somebody like at a country manager level or something. And then you're going to build a team under that person to scale up your operations, whether it's sales or marketing or uh, engineering, whatever it is. And and so when you think about those, in that first situation, a PEO is a great answer. And and you 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 put that person on a on somebody else's payroll, you don't have a footprint, you don't have to worry about that too much. And let's say the experiment doesn't work for you, well, you still have termination issues for the employee, but it's easier to pull out. You can just walk away from it and not have to worry about um what am I going to do now with my entity and compliance and all that stuff? Um, on the flip side, if you know that you are going to grow, you may still exercise the EO option to get your operation started, but when do you come off it? When is the good point? And, and in a manner of speaking, is there a tipping point? Mm-hmm. And yes, there is, absolutely, because typically... PEOs are charging about 20% of your fully loaded compensation. So that's your base comp, bonuses, commissions, benefits, all of that loaded, and, and, and 20% of that. 
So now if you think about it, that you're five people in a particular country, and, and this is more about one job, one country versus multiple countries. So if you're five people in one country, you're actually paying somebody to employ them. Whereas if you had them on your own payroll, you could actually hire a sixth person there with the, with the savings there from the PEO perspective. But let's not forget that to hire six people, then you need your whole infrastructure. So there's obviously an offsetting cost. So the tipping point or that breaking point is is somewhere between five to 10, depending on maybe even larger, depending on what kind of a pricing you've negotiated with the, with the PEO. Uh, as the PEO is becoming more and more popular, there are more players out there there are competitive marketing pressure, sales pressures, that kind of stuff. So, you know, the prices are coming down. But it, it's it's a very simple analysis in some respects where um, how much are you paying per head and how much would it cost you if you went and set up your own operation? And you divide and you say, okay, five or 15 or whatever the number is that I should then start thinking about setting up my own entity, my own operations, versus having them on somebody else's payroll. Oh, that makes sense. So really, it's a it's a financial calculation, and you probably have a pretty good sense when it makes to, sense to do it. And as you had mentioned earlier, that's per country, right? So you really need to be committed to that single country. And then you may have use a PEO in other countries that you're, you know, still testing the market at, but each country then will be really different and where you are committed, you might want to look at then setting up the full office. Can, you know, one of the things I know that we've talked about before is, is a lot of PEOs are really not prepared to then move over into kind of more of a, um, a support you know, role with HR backend support and all those things. So talk, let's talk a little bit about what would a company need to be able to take someone from being on a PEO then into more of that next step? And what is that, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, so um, taking on uh, your own employees is a little bit more complicated than just the simple math of, oh, at five people, I should have my own entity because mm -hmm. first of all, you need to set up the entity. That'll cost you money. Now, the minute you set up your entity, a lot of the compliance issues kick in. For example, many countries require you to have a resident director. A country like Brazil requires you to have four people that are directors in various capacities. So you kind of have to pay for that um, somehow. Then you have all other, you know, like Brazil, China, India, many countries require you to maintain the books locally. So you have that requirement. Then you need, uh, I mean, I know office space is sort of a neutral factor because it, whether you have uh, it through a PO or your own, you may or may not need office space depending on your headcount. Um, and then as you get towards year end, you have this issue of uh, income taxes, statutory audits, other company law compliance requirements, annual reports and things that are required in most countries outside the US. There are very few countries where all you have to do is an income tax return, which obviously is mandatory in every country. Uh, every country. So when you think about all of these, uh, then you, know, you, you, you have to think about not just the cost of it, but who's going to do it. 
because mm-hmm. now you need to go find a lawyer to incorporate you need to find a lawyer to hire these people you need to find a realtor to find you real estate you need to find a payroll provider to do payroll you need to find an accountant you need to find an accountant to do your income taxes an auditor so so the the our take is that you need about 5 to 15 different service providers in every country if you have your own operation and these are just to support the operations not really conduct the business itself mm-hmm. uh, and and the one thing unique about global upside and versus a lot of the po providers because there's a lot of um, like in most businesses and uh, there's a lot of silos in the business so the po provider says hey i'm a great po and yes they might be the right and perfect po but what happens when you need to come off that po um and 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 think about it this way that in, in what you're doing is you're taking them off one entity's employment to a different entity's employment and what that does it it creates this issue of termination and rehire and uh, because the po makes money on compensation or as a percentage of compensation they want you to terminate these people and so let's say you had a an employee in uk working for you for the last 3 years you may end up having to pay them 3 to 6 months of severance well all they're doing is changing employment from company a to company b or from a po provider to your own payroll why would you pay somebody 6 months worth of severance to just switch employers so this is a built in conflict in the po model that when you're ready to switch it is not just a matter of saying hey why don't you just uh, we'll terminate you here and rehire you here or why don't you quit and we will rehire you here because there are laws that govern this so you have to be very careful about that concept as you, your team starts to grow and then for then for every next employee that you put on the peo you are just investing more and more into that peo solution because now first you have to pay 6 months of severance for one employee now you have five employees so you have to pay for five employees and then soon you'll have 50 employees and now you have to pay for 50 employees and the number is so big that you can never afford to do it so how do you protect yourself like what are some things that you can do to maybe smooth that over or make it more of a smooth transition or so that you don't have to terminate your employees and rehire them so there are ways around it they have to be cooperating parties so the uh, client the po provider and the employee the three parties involved in it all have to cooperate and then what you can do is you can and so the larger peos including ourselves we offer a solution that we say okay we will help you establish your own entity we'll help you transition these people to your payroll and under certain scenarios and you know that you have to agree to contracts and the set of the things um and and can be done like i said it is complicated because you have to have all three parties buy off on it mm-hmm. so if one party says the employee says i don't really care you want to move my employment you have to pay me severance okay <sighs> you're stuck with that employee and right. uh, so you know there are ways to do it um and and um, and i am sorry i'm not telling you the exact way because a little bit of it is proprietary to every every po provider Uh, and proprietary to a little bit of the situation with the mm-hmm. client and the employee but um 
it can be done and people are getting smarter about it because again like i said it makes no sense to pay severance for an employee to just change the name of their paycheck right and in a way they've from their perspective they've been employed by that same company the whole time it's just been kind of the back end logistical way of paying them that has been different right yeah absolutely you're correct because they were always the employee of the client from all practical purposes other than from a legal perspective where they were the employee of the PO and the name of the pay stub was the PO company not their real employee the co-employment situation it's not like hey they are my employees and i'm actually so to speak temporary staffing contracting them out for that purpose right which is a i mean another way of doing business but that's not what we're talking about and that's not what many of these most of the companies are doing so right yeah, okay you're right you're right so there really are quite a few things to think about like whether you're really ready to get you know to move off of this and really take on all of these things but like you said there's companies such as yours who make that transition smooth and who also then provide those other services so that a company doesn't really feel like they don't have to do it themselves. They can have others that support them through it. Yeah, and and, and you need to have the right lawyers give you the advice as as an as a as the client, because obviously you yourself don't want to take on an unreasonable um, liability if the documents for this transition are not drafted properly. So. There are risks, like with anything else in business, uh, risks can be mitigated by proper, properly documenting and dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Would you suggest to a company that's going somewhere, let's say they're a good-sized company, they are going into a market first, when, if they have the ambition of having 10 you know, five to 10 people in there really, really quickly, would you just bypass the PEO option and get right into recommending they set up kind of the full office just because of the complexity? Or would you still think it might be best to test it? Uh, and, and, you know, the testing is really, honestly, truly an experiment. I don't know what France holds for me in terms of my business opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, or I'm going to Romania, but I don't know if I can find 200 engineers of the kind that I'm looking for. Right. Uh, so what you're doing is you're hiring somebody uh, to to figure out these, these business answers, get to the bottom of that and say, yeah, if I can find 200 engineers in Romania, we will go establish our own entity and hire 200 engineers over the, say, the next one year or whatever. In that case, I would say the PEO makes sense. But a lot of times, research like this, in this day and age of information, uh, availability of information, you can get that information in advance without having to hire the first person. Mm-hmm. You can even make you know, the CEO or the head of sales or the head of engineering can make a trip, go talk to the relevant business people, things like that, chambers of commerce, the economic development bureaus of these countries, and gather a lot of detail. And if you know that you are committed and that yes, you can find the resources or you can find the business that you're going for in France or Romania, in my examples, I would recommend 
you just establish your own entity right up front. So in the very few first early months, you might be paying a little bit more than if you were hiring through PEO. But over time, you're going to pay significantly less and there is no issues. And then the one other thing I always bring up is, let's say, let's pick a name that we all recognize, Google. Google wants to go to a new country and hire, say, three people. And they think they're only going to have three people there forever. Anke, would you take a job with Global Upside or would you take a job with Google? Obviously, everybody wants to go work for Google. Most people may not even know who Global Upside is. And I'm right. obviously putting down my own company. But that name has value. The brand has value. And, right. and, and that brand can then attract possibly better talent. It can mm-hmm. attract the right talent. And so depending on what your brand is, you may want to capitalize on it versus uh, just uh, saying, hey, I'm just going to go down the PU path and it is not relevant. We'll find the right people and we'll just put them on somebody else's payroll and who the hell cares? Yes, in some respects, that is true. Who the hell cares? But if you want to build a long-term relationship with your employees, you care about them. And there is not a single employer. Well, maybe there are some employers that don't care about their employees, but most people, most employers care about their employees. And that experience from the day one, from the interview cycle all the way to that onboarding cycle and then the rest of their lives. And that's when you recommend that, look, think about your longer-term plans. And we do this all the time. We advise clients like this all the time. Mm -hmm. What are your plans? What are you doing? What is your footprint going to look like? Are you just going to have... one or two people in five different countries and that's all you want to do. Okay, great. Got it. No worries. Let's do the PEO. On the other hand, if you're going to have many people and you're going to establish a bigger footprint and you're going to hire uh, regional managers and, 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 you know, managers over them and things like that, you're going to build a whole infrastructure and stuff. It doesn't make sense to do the PEO. That makes sense to me. And, and, you know, as hard as it is to get, the right talent right now you really need every everything going in your favor as much as possible right so if your brand is the one that's going over there you want your brand leading in that respect yeah absolutely absolutely that makes sense well i think those are really great pieces of advice is there anything that we missed that we should share with our listeners um, that we haven't talked about anything else, um, kind of like whether it's a, a tipping point or um, part of this process to be aware of? So I think uh, uh, one recommendation I have for the listeners is to make sure that you pick the right PEO. Uh, because yes, like I said, given the expansion, the growth in this business, the prices are coming down. But there are for sure not so good PEO providers. We mm. actually did a deal uh, a few months ago with one of our private equity firms, partners, uh, clients, where they were buying a division of some large company and that large company had a couple of people on a PEO in Taiwan. And the Taiwan provider basically told the guys, you have a right to get severance, don't let go. Well, the severance was going to be about $750,000 for this senior level person, guess what? This CEO is going to make 20% of that. So they have vested so, interest in that process. Yeah. Yeah, 
exactly. And then you can ask that question uh, because it's a little more than dollars and cents on day one. You can ask the question like, what happens if we go from two to 20 and we want to establish our own operations at some point? How do you help us? And maybe they're not going to necessarily be able to help establish your business and all that stuff because they're not in that business. But at least they can tell you that, uh, oh, yeah, this is how we can help you transition in terms of avoiding severance or transitioning those people and staging it properly. And because how you present sometimes is as important as the letter of the law and the rights of the employees as the employer. Probably a good idea to make sure all of that is documented and in the original contract too, to say, you know, this is what we're doing today and here's where we're going. And when we do this, you're going to help us through this, this way, instead of being surprised, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, people like us that provide the full uh, gamut of services from PO to setting up your operations and running them, uh, HR, payroll, other aspects of that business. For us, we are a little bit agnostic to how we, what we sell. We want to service the client in the right manner. Mm. Now, obviously, if you were just a PO, then I, you know, we only sell blue widgets. You either buy a blue widget or you're going to lose your business. So for us, every every business is just looking for a blue widget because that's all we sell. And uh, companies that sell all kinds of widgets, all kinds of colors, and you're like, yeah, you can buy any widget you want. You don't right. have to buy the blue widget. And, you know, blue might be great for the first year, but then you're going to want green and then later you're going to want red. And we can help you through that when the right time is. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, Raghu, I want to thank you so very much for your advice and joining us on this podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you, and I look forward to our next conversation. Um, so everyone listening, we want to make sure that you join the Globix Free Resource Hub so that you can um, work with companies such as Raghu's uh, in the in the back end, you'll see all sorts of wonderful um, companies that help you go global faster and easier and more effectively. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast channel for more fantastic international expansion podcasts. Ragu, thank you again. And we wish you all, you know, go global and go big. <laughs>